Warning, the following episode of That Mental Ginger Show contains strong language and adult themes. Alright, trip. Hello and welcome to That Mental Ginger Show with your host Andrew Durning, aka The Mental Ginger. Well, my five faithful followers, I have a feeling that me and this guest are going to get on like a house on fire. What? Because if you can see by his background of his office, it screams everything Nerdvana for me. And not just because of that, because he's also the host of the Funny Science Fiction Podcast, and I'm a massive sci-fi fan, so we are definitely going to be rocking and rolling on this one. And he's also the host of the Focused on Forward Podcast, and it is Tim Bicycle. Tim, how are you, my friend? It's such a pleasure to have you on. I'm doing very well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And like I said, the second I saw the office background, I was like, this is my guy. This is this is this is going to go so well. I can, but well, I sense the the right presence in the force. Oh, good good choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I used to have a lot of this at the house, but at a certain point, the wife started kicking me out. Uh, it's it something kind to of do with wives, isn't it? It's yeah. you know what? She's cute, but she doesn't really care for the for the sci fi and the nerd like I do. Um, I still have I have more Funko Pops at home. It's just this is the majority of my mm-hmm. my collection. So. Yeah, well, I've, I managed to get my wife into the uh, the MCU, well, and the Arrowverse, okay. and the Arrowverse for a time, well, before we uh, had our kids and life went to crap. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I love my boys. Well, I just get, I just I, get, to I watch, understand. I just get to watch different things like Muppet Babies. Exactly. Well, and that's exactly, and you, and that new series is fire. By the way, well, I love it. <sighs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, um, I have three kids of my own. Uh, my co-host on Funny Science Fiction, she's got a three-year-old. Uh, we, her and I actually host a third show together called uh. that I'm on called Pop Culture Addicts. Um, oh. Yeah. Yay, uh, there we go. Shame, There's the shameless plug. self-promotion. Uh, but where, uh, Where'd you go to get all that kind of stuff? Because like, I've been trying to look for things like that. And uh, it just, it's just... Like that's what try, I do. It's like trying to find a fart in a jacuzzi. I just can't dig it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, we uh, that that's what I do for a living. I'm I, I I do shirts and logos and and stuff like that. And I sell you know I sell my silly designs online. I own a company called River City Tees. Nice. Uh, currently, I have about seven hundred and fifteen designs online. Wow. So, you know, anywhere anything from just simple print to nerd designs, nerd merch, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, MCU related, whatever I oh. can legally or sometimes illegally get away with <laughs> till they shut me down. Oh, after this, we are definitely having a very positive conversation. <laughs> but I'm I'm already so sold on this. This is, this is brilliant. See, the power of podcast, you connect with people from all over the world. That's the uh, beauty of podcasting, my friend. Yep. So the first thing I always like to ask my guests is to get him or her to tell the audience their origin story. Because if there's one thing we all have in common, especially if you're watching the MCU, we have an origin story. Mm-hmm. So Tim by Siegel. I just love the way your name sounds. So I'm just going to keep saying it. Please tell my five faithful followers your origin story. 
Well, six now because you have to include me. So six moving forward. Oh, uh-huh, so, yes, yes, we can update see? it. <laughs> You're already growing in your audience. Um, so I am a, as I like to call myself, a, a chubby, happy 44-year-old father of three. <laughs> um, I, I was born in 1976 here in, in Michigan in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother and father were destined to not survive. Uh, their marriage. It, it was, he struggled with alcohol issues. There was some physical violence in the home. Uh, they, they ended up splitting and I think they were divorced by the time I was six. Um, which, you know, as a six-year-old, when you have brothers and sisters, you don't understand at six, you don't understand that your brothers and sisters have a different mother than you have. Uh, you know, you're just all in the same house. You're, you're, you're a kid and you just see, you know, so when my mother and my natural father split and separated. He moved to California with all my siblings. My mother, of course, wasn't letting me out of her sight. And it was hard for me to understand why my father didn't want me. Wow. And that was a very hard thing for me to understand for years. Uh, and in a lot of ways, even at 44 years of age, 30 some odd years later, you know, it still kind of messes with your head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of the issues that you start dealing with um, feelings of self-worth and, and devaluing, devaluing yourself as you go through life and, and what you're dealing with and how you're dealing with it and how you perceive the things around you mm-hmm. are shaped by those formative years. And those formative years told me that um, I was not important and that I was not as valued to my, my father as I thought as I thought I was, and that was a very hard blow for me to take, uh, especially because I held him at such a high level in my head. You know, he was, he was my rock star. He was the guy that I, you know, even after my mom and dad were separated and, and I knew they were divorced, I kept expecting for like him to pull up in front of my house and you know, someday and come take me back to California with him to move across the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I kept waiting for that. Um, that never happened, of course. Mm. Um, I talked to him when I was th- about 13 years of age because my mother had remarried uh, to a very nice man. His name is Rick. He was my stepdad. At 13, Rick asked me if he could adopt me. Oh. And uh, so I'm very pro-adoption, by the way. Adoption mm. is the only time in life that you have a piece of paper that says somebody wanted you. That's and... Good. Yeah. Well, and, there's, a, uh, there's a marriage certificate. Sometimes that that counts, but I mean that, that just means you got that just means you got taken in by somebody as a lost soul. So. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe it's more finite, especially with the rising divorce rate, but I don't want to touch on that subject because of what you just said. <laughs> that's that's a that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, definitely. But, so so you were you were adopted well yeah. officially at 13, well, and then you had the conversation with your natural father. So how did yeah. that go? Not well. Uh, he he wanted uh, to make it my decision, and, and I wanted him as my father to say, you know, I was expecting him to be like, no, you are my son, you know, because at the time, by birth, my last name is Riley. Mm. Um, uh, well, we bit Irish, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was expecting him to say, no, that you know, you are my son. You're going. To, your your name is Riley. It's going to stay Riley, and that's what I was expecting. That's not what happened. Um, I was 13 years old. 
He said, well, you're a big enough boy. You're what? 10 years old. You can make that decision now. He didn't even know how old I was. Wow. And that was like a, a knife right into my chest that hurt so bad. And that was back in the day when you could actually slam the phone down. Yeah. You know, not like today when you can just aggressively hit the end button. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really sound like it doesn't have the same impact, does it? No, it's so disappointing when, you know, especially when you grow up used to being able to slam a physical phone. Yeah. Um, I know some people just but, went the opposite way and just flung the phone off the wall. At least that's what I did. <laughs> At least that's what I did a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah, that's a, definitely a possibility. Um no, I, I, uh, I it was one time in, in my younger years in life where I got in, in, uh, I got my j- get out of jail free card for using uh, the F-bomb in front of my mother. Um, I told him, you know, he what he could go do with himself. Mm. And I slammed the phone down and I didn't talk to him again until I was 21, 22. In fairness, I'm surprised that you even talked to him. Well, you know what? Honestly, I, I didn't call to talk to him to talk to him. You know, I at 21 years of age, it had been 15 years since I had seen or talked to my siblings. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to talk to my siblings. I, you know, I had very good memories of my siblings and I wanted, and at that time I was told I was no longer a Riley and I had, I was no longer part of the family. Wow. Um, and so again, you know, here I am, I'm already struggling with, with some self-worth issues, some, you know, yeah. some devaluing thoughts and things. And then you, and then there was that. Um, you know, uh, forget, and, and so, forget the knife through the chest. That's like when Thor just hit Thanos straight there. Oh, sure. Infinity War. Oh, Man. Yeah. Well, and then, so you get that with the dad. And then when Thor pushes it in, well, mm-hmm. that's like the next bit with the siblings. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. So oh. I didn't, I, so again, I hung the phone up on him, told him where else he could go yeah. and what else he could do. Um, and then I didn't have any contact again with him till I was almost 35. And by this time, I, uh, I had kind of resorted to one of those online sites for trying to find people and which by the way, those yeah. are rubbish. They, they don't work. They're horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody's listening and is considering that, please don't waste your money. Um, Do we know you know, I, yeah, it's there. Every every one of my siblings, it, I could find their inform, you know, their name on the on the website, mm-hmm. um, you know. But you know, you're supposed to sign up, and I'm supposed to give you like unlimited information. It was so limited of information because of you know, it was old information. It was like places they used to live and places they used to go and mm-hmm. people they used to be, you know, a couple years ago. But there was no current information. Yeah. Um, the only way I got contact with them is. I had to sign up for Twitter. This is how I got on Twitter. I signed up for uh, Twitter so that I could message this one woman whose name kept showing up on the list. I had no clue who it was. Mm-hmm. And considering what uh, what most dudes re- do uh, to random women on the internet, you know, the type of images and pictures and messages they send, I am surprised, A, that she even opened it, and B, that she even responded. Uh, I have I have no idea what pictures you're talking about, my friend. I, exactly. I, 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 Yep, I, I live a very sheltered life. Yes, I'm, exactly. I, well, I'm, I'm like a ginger Amish man. <laughs> it's Except just, I'm it's using all, technology. It's all sunshine and rainbows. That's all they're sending. Definitely. Uh, definitely. But uh, yeah, so I'm honestly, I'm still surprised that, that she even responded, to be honest with you. Hmm. But uh, come to find out, she was my brother, one of my brother's first wives. 
And she was able to put me in contact with all my siblings. And then next thing I know, I'm talking with them and I'm kind of finding out there was a surprise sibling in there and, um, you know, that I didn't know about. And then there was another surprise sibling and then there was another surprise sibling (laughs) and, you know, come to find out I'm still, I'm the baby of eight. Um, you know, my, my father was a very potent man, apparently. He doesn't understand uh, contraception, does he? No, apparently, <laughs> apparently not. No, yeah. um, I don't know, I've probably made I've made this joke probably three times in the last few uh, few episodes, so I'm just going to make it again. Does your dad not know the words "pull out"? No, no. <laughs> well, there we go. I just had that. Not even close. Yeah, it's just because it was uh, adding into the numbers. I just I had it's uh, probably an appropriate oh, joke to make considering the circumstances, but I had to make it. <laughs> it's not a joke. I haven't made myself, so no worries. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I look at it this way, you know, uh, it's kind of a crap sandwich, you know, some of the things that, that life hands to you, but you also have to find a way to have a sense of humor about it. Yeah. Cause if you're not going to joke about it, you're not going to have a sense of humor about it. Life is going to kill you one way or another. You might as well have fun in the meantime. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a song, but I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan, by the way. Nice. Um, and there's a song called I am mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lyric in the song that says, I know that I was born and I know that I'll die, but the in-between is mine. And I love that lyric because it's very powerful. And it's also how I live my life. I know that I was born. I know that I'm going to die mm-hmm. at some point, but the in-between is mine and I'm going to make the most of it the best I can. Definitely, um, my friend, definitely. And you're yeah. doing so well with it from what I've seen already and from the stuff that you had to go through to yeah. how, how relatively mentally stable you are. I am impressed, man. But Michigan clearly does the good stuff for you. <laughs> so, so, you know, and the thing is, we haven't even gotten to how I even, why I even got into podcasting is because of other issues that happened. So, yeah, well, we can keep this train going. Let's keep this party rolling. Buddy. Yeah. What, tell me everything. Yeah. So um, let's go. Let's, we'll jump to mid thirties. Right at the same time that I was getting in contact with my father, I developed a heart condition. And uh, come to find out on my natural father's side of the family, we apparently have uh, heart issues and weak knees. So yeah, I got oh. both. Yay, me. Oh, so um, uh, come to find out, I had, a, I had a condition called atrial fibrillation, which for some folks uh, is not um, a challenging condition. It's not a deadly condition. Um, it just means that every once in a while, their heart beats out of rhythm. It just, you know, um, I had a very aggressive form of atrial fibrillation. I went from it not happening, but maybe once every couple of weeks to at the end before my, my procedure to correct it, it was happening 15 to 20 times a day going on for anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour at a clip. So my heart was almost 24 hours a day, almost constantly out of uh, sinus rhythm, which made it hard to walk from one end of the house to the other. I always felt like I was running a marathon. I was exhausted all the time. I had no energy. I was swamped. Um, and I ended up having to stop working and that's, you know, and then, you know, so you, the struggle there is that, you know, I went from working 60 to 80 hours a week and I, and I had this, 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 and not that I'm a big macho guy or anything along those lines, but there is a little bit of a sense of pride as a man that you're, that you're providing for your family and that you're taking yep. care of things. And you're, you're, you know, I'm a, I'm being a good dad. I'm being all the things to my boys that my father never was for me. And that, that all mm-hmm. kind of played into my head. And then 
there I was sitting in my recliner because I, I couldn't move. And my wife had to pick up more hours at work. And I just, and so there was this, is very emasculating to go mm-hmm. from feeling like you were providing for your family to struggling to walk, literally walk from one end of the house to the other. We have a uh, 2,500 square foot home and walking from one end of the house to the other, you know, our ranch style home. Yeah. I get to the other side and I would just collapse into my chair because I was, I was dead. I was exhausted. Uh, I wasn't sleeping well at night because I, I couldn't, my heart was, you know, and that's that year, the last year before the procedure, I had my heart chemically stopped and restarted six times, wow. you know, like, you know, technically I was dead on the table six times that year. Cause they, they stop your heart. They put the paddles on your chest. They restart you electric, you know, with the, the, you know, Yeesh. so I, I had to do a Keanu Reeves. Whoa there, but yeah, it's totally justified. Totally justified. Yeah. Um, and so that, so that affected my mental stability and, and how I viewed myself and how I viewed things moving forward. Um, so I had a procedure that turned out well, fast forward a couple years, um, uh, about six, seven years. And then my daughter comes down sick. We thought she had the flu. Um, it was not the flu. She ended up having a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, we took her to the hospital thinking that we were going to get her um, an IV of fluids, take her home, you know, typical things you do for a flu when somebody has an aggressive yeah. flu, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but like yeah. I said, it, it wasn't the flu. Uh, Guillain-Barre is an uh, autoimmune disease that attacks the central nervous system of the body. Now, for, for some people who have Guillain-Barre, it can be, they can be in the hospital one to two weeks and they move along in life. Mm. Uh, Kendall was in the hospital for 97 days uh, for, for 95 of those 97 days of the hospital. I was in the hospital with her by her side. We almost lost her twice. Um, we had to have a, a couple aggressive procedures uh, to save her life. Um, she was on breathing support. She was on a, she had a feeding tube. She had to have a lung punctured to to uh, eliminate uh, a harmful fluid that had that had gathered in her lungs. My heart is absolutely breaking for you, man. man. Yeah, it was, it was especially rough. especially being being a dad myself, and uh, um, uh, my son had to go into hospital twice for um, yeah, the uh, hernia problem, and then it came back. Okay. It came okay. back like a year later. Well, and that's there are two things that are easily can't well not easily fixed because he had to go back in again the fuckers but at the same time but that's i'm so so proud of you what and how well that you've managed to hold together but yeah you're 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 actually an amazing human being already man (laughs) what fuck me sideways with a wooden spoon that is that's that's beautiful matt uh the only one yeah. person that's made only one other person's made me crying this podcast. You're the second. Fucking hell, man. Well, what? sorry about that. That wasn't no, the intent. No, not at all. Not at all, man. I am so honored that you felt comfortable sharing that with me, man. That's that's rough shit to, to talk about. Definitely. It is. That is that that is hard stuff to do. You and know, I'm, I'm and I'm so impressed that you're able to say it without being a wreck that I I'm in. <laughs> well, you, you know, here's the thing. I 
when we came out of the hospital, my head was a bag of cats. And I went into counseling a couple months later because I, 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 I could not take it anymore. I had, I had one nightmare. Um, and honestly, every night when I went to sleep, I saw the same dream every night, every night, every night, every night. It was this, it was, uh, uh, one of the instances where we almost lost her. And I, and I just, that replayed in my head every time. Yeah, um, it's, it's a trauma. It's a, yeah. ma- it's a massive trauma. If, you know, that's, if, and that's the thing. If you, you don't got understand out, that. Yeah. If you got out of that and you didn't need therapy, I would be more right. worried. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, you know, I came out of that though, again, thinking I was the big, you know, the big man, the big stud don't need, don't need therapy. I can handle this. I got this. Yeah. I'm a guy. I'm, I'll be fine. I wasn't fine. I didn't realize how, how much I wasn't fine. Yeah. Um, until, you know, a couple months later when I couldn't sleep, I'm sitting at my desk and, you know, working from home at this point, mm-hmm. um, sitting at my desk and just bawling. I didn't know why. I could, I could not, I couldn't stop the tears. There was nothing that I could do to physically, it was like the worst of the ugly cries that, you know, that you could ever see. I just, I, it just, I had hit the breaking point and I was done. Mm -hmm. So I I went and started talking with a counselor and her advice was that she wanted me to, to, to start, you know, writing that I should write it. And I laughed at her. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a writer. So that's never going to happen. I'm like, however, I am Irish and I don't have a problem talking. <laughs> we talk like the devil. I'm so, so glad you said talking and not drinking. Well, but, we there's that too. <laughs> I would not have judged, considering what you've told me, I would not have judged in the slightest if you had that ball. Not in the slightest. So, yeah, actually, I, I when we came home from the hospital, one of my buddies bought me a, a bottle of bourbon. Mm. Uh, and I really enjoy my bourbon and my Irish whiskey. Mm. Um, however... I don't think I touched it for a good six to seven months because I wanted to be sure that I, why I was drinking it, that I wasn't drinking it at, you know, as a form of escape that I was drinking it because just cause it was an enjoyable relaxation thing, you know, and I wanted to make sure in my brain that there was a difference there that, that I wasn't going to fall on that as a crutch because that was with family history. That was a little bit of a worry for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, but that's how I came about doing, starting with focused on forward. That was my first podcast. As I talked to another friend of mine, I said, I, my therapist wants me to talk to somebody about this. And she wanted me to do a video blog of just me sitting there and talking. I'm like, but I, to me, that sounded boring to sit hmm. there and just, you know, sit here in a video today. I, I went to the store and I, I got some chips. It just, it <laughs> sounded, it sounded boring. to me. I couldn't do it. Um, so He's like, well, do a podcast where you, you know, talk. And so that's how Focus on Forward started because I started talking to other people and how, what they were doing and, and why, how they were overcoming the crap that's happened to them in their lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and honestly, it was probably the best thing I did for myself because I started talking to some people who have, not that you ever want to downplay what you've been through and, and downplay your own traumas and, and, and things and yeah. But it gives you such a sense of strength to know that there are other people who have gone through some really tough situations and you look at what they've done and you go, I didn't have cancer. I didn't have this happen to me. I didn't have that. And if they can do that, 
I can do this. And it was, it was more empowering to me than anything. Yeah. And it's, so it's not that I was discrediting what I was going through, but I learned how to give myself the credit that I needed. It, it uh, kind of humbles you as well, doesn't it? What Because someone oh, absolutely someone's sharing a story, like for example, you're sharing a story with me and well, I've not been through even a quarter of the crap that you've been through. Well, but well, getting the fact that you're able to say it to me well, and we're able to, to like connect about it, well, it, it really does. It, it really helps you focus on the good things in your life. Is that how you felt with the guests that were speaking to you? Oh, absolutely. You know, it took me a little, little bit to get to that point uh, to understand the importance of the stories that other people were sharing. Because mm-hmm. at first I, I was like my very first episode that I did a focused on forward is just me talking for 20 something minutes and, and explaining in a little more detail the story of the hospitalization of Kendall. Yeah. Um, and I think I paused that recording a couple different times because I, I broke down a couple times. Again, you know, if and, you didn't, I would have been worried. Yeah, you know, but le- here's the thing. I'm, I'm, that happened in 2019. Uh, it's, it's, we're almost to 2022. I'm a couple of years removed from it. And I'm not, I can't say that it doesn't still affect me. Clearly it does. I still have issue with, with it. Yeah. Um, I don't like the last two years, I haven't even looked at my Facebook memories for anywhere between April and July. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. I, I can't look at the pictures of her being in the hospital. It it crushes me yeah. to see some of those pictures. Yeah. But I've talked with enough other people and I've and I've shared my story a couple times. And I've had the opportunity to talk to some people, you know, on or off camera, where it's become easier for me to relate my story. Because this is this is what I've gained out of it. And this is and I got this from there are two things that I gained from from doing focused on forward. The first was, uh, to have an attitude of gratitude. I talked with a, a, a gentleman who actually became a good friend of mine. He, his son or daughter, rather, excuse me, his daughter was born premature Mm. and she spent the first four months of her life in the ICU. Been there. there. And yeah, spent the first four months of her life in the, in the NICU. And that's, you know, we, we were in the, the ICU with Kendall for 33 days. I can't even imagine being there for, for another 90 on top of that. That just, yeah. just took my breath away um, to hear him tell the story. But he talked about having an attitude of gratitude because he said he, in order to keep his mind fresh, in order to keep his spirits up and his wife's spirits up, they continuously tried to find things that they could be grateful for each day when she, when the daughter, his daughter would gain weight or there, she yeah. would take a positive step for this or a positive step for that. They would find things to be grateful for, to show and, and that attitude of gratitude. And I started to, I looked at his story and not that, like, again, not that you look at the stories and you compare notes and, and all these things, but in, in your mind, you still kind of do. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, if Josh and his family could go through these things, we went through these things, they were able to find, okay, so let's find, you know, things, you know, I call them also the silver linings. Where's the silver linings? Here's the good things that we can find out of these, you know, these, this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've, we started doing that. And that, 
that really did help. I mean, it doesn't take the sting away. It doesn't remove the, the, the hurt in your heart. When you think about the, the things that your children had to go through, yeah. uh, it doesn't remove the, the sting, um, of, of, you know, your own issues with, with your, with your father, your natural father, all these, all these things in life that you've gone through, hmm. but there are other things that I can find like with my natural father, it's a crap sandwich. The silver lining is there's a man in my life. Who's my, who's my dad. He's not my father. He's my dad. There's a difference between being a father and a dad. Yeah. My dad is Rick. My father is Mike. Okay. But Rick raised me. Rick has been there. He's for all three of the, my children. He's been there for their births. He's been there for my, my two oldest boys graduations. He was there for my oldest boy to get married. All these different things in life. He's been dad. He's been grandpa. He has shown me how to be a man and how to be respectful to women, how to treat my, how he treats my mother properly was a good example for me and how to treat my wife. <laughs> Excuse me. And you know, so that's the silver lining out of that. Yeah. It, it sucked. And there's still mm. things that I deal with even now that I'm, that I'm working with. And I, I recently just went back into counseling because there's been some other situations that came up with my natural father with his health and going down and visiting with him. And, um, there's a whole thing going on there. That's, that's a whole nother story, but, mm. um, because of his health and, and trying to help out, I have some siblings down in that area, so they're not feeling, I don't want them to ever feel like they had to do this all on their own. So I'm more going for, I think for them, I'm not entirely sure why I'm going down. I'll be honest with you. That's why the case is um, there, man. Exactly. So, and that's one of the things we talked about, uh, in, in actually in my, my past, uh, session with her on just this past Monday was, you know, it was kind of, uh, uh, feathering that out, trying to figure it all out and what I'm doing and why. And yeah, but again, the attitude of gratitude is that I have a silver lining there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I have my family, I have, I have my dad and my mom, uh, to fall back on and, and all these things. And even with Kendall's situation, uh, so Guillain Barre is something that she's never going to not have. She's going to have that the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. She is going, she has, um, you know, out of five days of school this, you know, this week, she went to two because she had such bad nerve and muscle pain that she just couldn't, couldn't make it a couple of days. And that's, that's all there is to it. But you know what I, we've, we've learned, we used to kind of hold her back from doing that. Like, Oh, if we do this today, she's going to hurt tomorrow. Yeah. We stopped doing that because when she's having a good day, I want her to have the best day. I want her to. If you feel like I, I told her, I said, sweetheart, if you feel like running and jumping and, and doing spinning heel kicks, you know, whatever it is that you crazy kids are doing, do it. I want you to be happy. If that means the next day we sit down and we watch a couple extra episodes of the office or Brooklyn nine, nine, then guess what? That's what we're going to do. You know, good choices. Um, good choices. Yeah. And, and so you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at in life. You know, that's the silver lining of things is that, yeah, there's some crap sandwiches that are being fed to us, but you know, it's also in how you look at it, you know, that, yeah, there's bad things that are going to come, but how do you adjust to them? How do you make it so that you make it work for you the best you can? And that's, it's a process. It's not easy. It's not something that you just wake up one morning and you're like, you know what, everything's going to be fine now. Cause that only happens in movies.
Mm. So. Man. Not only are you what, an amazing husband, an amazing father, but what, what, amazing, what, you're just an amazing human being. No, thank you. But that, that story would have been tough for anybody to tell. Wouldn't matter if you were like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that would be, that would be, that would have been, for most people to talk about that, it would be catastrophic. Why the fact you were able to hold it together and tell me all that, what, I am, wow, I'm blown away, absolutely blown away and really grateful that you felt comfortable enough to share that with me. But thank you so much, Tim. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. And so we're going to move on to hopefully some happier things. And I want want you to talk about about your your sci-fi podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so actually I I started the sci-fi podcast because Josh's dad, like I said, he became a good buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh's dad is a sci-fi author. And so, yeah. So matter of fact, uh, this is one of his books right here called custodians of the cosmos by Drayton Allen. Um, and we use that as I, the reason why it's right here is that's one of the props we use on our, our show. Uh, nice um, one. <laughs> so it's, it's always right here, right within arm's reach. Um, yeah. and then, so he wrote that book mm-hmm. and, um, he was given advice to, you know, Hey, instead of promoting the book, promote the genre, because then you can promote your book inside of the genre. Yeah. So he started a Facebook group called, of course, funny science fiction. Hey. which right now last i looked our facebook group is up to 177,000 members oh it's massive wow yeah it's massive that is, and, uh, that is mental man that's that's brilliant congrats yeah wow. yeah it's, uh and so it's it's it has if you like memes and you like sci-fi memes and you know funny things like that it's a great group for that because we have we have heavy heavy participation yeah thousands of posts every day um yeah it's 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 a good time wow and uh we try to keep it pretty family friendly so anybody can look at the page anybody can appreciate the page it's uh it's it's um it's for the american rating systems we call it pg so yeah up to you know know, (laughs) so very family friendly and uh so he he started this he started this page and I interviewed his son, Josh, about his daughter and his family situation. And mm-hmm. after he got done listening to it, he goes, because I was already helping him on, on the page as an admin and moderator. Yeah. Um, he just said, hey, what, what, do you, what do you think about starting a podcast for our group? And so the infamous joke has been, well, I got the mic. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. I, I I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I've never been the deep dive guy. I, you know, I mm. didn't care as much about the lore. I've just, you know, if you listen to any of our episodes, you'll hear me say that sci- that to Star Wars is like my marriage. It's been there for me in uh, good and bad and sickness and in health, mm. uh, you know, rich for richer, for poorer, all that, mm. all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when I was a kid, if I stayed home from school, I, you know, the old VHS days, I would take one out, put the next one in, you know, the original trilogy. Brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. (laughs) So we started, we started the podcast and, uh, actually this morning we released our 59th episode 
uh, with a voice actor named Bob Bergen, who ah. is the voice of Porky Pig. Yes. Uh, yeah. But he's also the voice of, of Lama Sue from Star Wars Clone Wars and Bad Batch. Oh, man. What's yeah. that? What's that likely interview? Interview like those type of guests. I mean, I've been very, I've been fortunate with the guests that I've got. Like I've had, um, like guys who've worked with like Lawrence Fishburne, like Nicholas Cage, and mm-hmm. like, you know all those, all those kind of like, um, guys. And and hopefully, hopefully, I'll get to maybe that level later on. But do you not just get like totally like starstruck by it and just be like, wow, what, you're coming on my podcast to to talk. Yeah, you know what? Uh, there's been a, there's been a. I'm always excited to talk to our guests. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm un, like, oh god, well we're gonna to talk to this person. I'm always yeah. excited because I, do, I do all our booking. So if it's somebody on the show, there's a reason why I wanted them on the show. I want to talk to them about something they've done. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, there's been a couple though that we've had on the show where I am legitimately like. <laughs> hi how's it going you know uh and i'm all kinds of 12 years old when i'm talking yeah. I'm talking to them um like la- this week is bob bergen last week we had on rob paulson um wow. which if yeah so if your guests aren't familiar with rob paulson he's the voice of pinky from pinky in the brain yakko warner from animaniacs mm. Raphael from teenage mutant ninja turtles irony is i was just watching an episode of uh, watch mojo and uh, pinky in the brain were on it doing their talking about it and i'm so yeah well, that's yeah. that's um that's amazing so i've wanted to talk with rob for a long time yeah. uh, as a matter of fact when we first started the show uh back in uh september of 2020 mm-hmm. i was like you know what i want to get rob paulson not understanding how hard it would be actually to get rob on the show mm-hmm. and you know not understanding the dynamics of how how things work and i was like oh hey, we got a podcast sure everybody's gonna want to be on this it's about sci-fi <laughs> you know, it takes a while to establish credibility and who you are and, and the type of show you're running. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, for people to appreciate that we want our guests to come on, we want them to share a laugh with us. That's the whole intent, you yeah. know, uh, our, our little byline, our little tagline for the show is all nerdy, no dirty. You know, we're just, <laughs> we're, we're just a couple of geeks sitting in front of microphones, talking to people who make cool stuff in the sci-fi world. And we want to ask him a few silly questions, a few serious questions. And at the end of the show, we run each of our guests through a a little pseudo quiz. And it's usually something to do about what they've done in in the, in the film world, or it's uh, you know, it's a real, it's, it's five questions. They're all multiple choice. Sometimes they're a little more difficult. Sometimes it's five softballs, depending on what the topic is. But at the end of the, at the end of the, uh, the end result is, is that, um, if you get three of the questions, correct, we send them this mug. It says I gave to the red shirt widows and orphans fund, which is part of the <laughs> part of that book that I showed you earlier. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's, if you get four, four questions, correct, we send you the mug and the book. And, uh, so in the book custodians of the cosmos, it's all about a guy who wanted to join something quite similar to star, uh, to star treat, uh, star Trek. Starfleet. Yeah. Yeah. Starfleet. I can't talk today. Excuse me. Starfleet, oh, star you've Trek. You've done plenty of opening up, sharing, letting express. <laughs> I can let, I can let you away with not saying Starfleet. There's main there. Right. There's main there. So wouldn't, I'm not one of them. You're okay. There you go. You're fine. Sweet. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I had to, so I had to hold back from bursting out laughing when you said the, the, the weathers of the red shirts. I was like, you're professional, Andrew. You're professional. 
Yeah. So uh, in the book, it, it, like I said, it's something quite like Star Trek and Starfleet. Yeah. We can't say that it is because, you know, uh, litigious reasons. Mm. And um, we would rather not be sued. But it's not exactly the same, but it's the same premise. Mm. In in the book, um, red shirts still die though. So hey. but one of the so one of the things is it's all about a guy who wanted to get into something like Starfleet. He didn't make it. He washed out, so he rejoined as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. Uh, <laughs> so that's the premise of the book. Uh, but there's something in it called the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund for those who yeah. do die while while doing their service their families aren't left destitute mm. and so uh we started this um red shirt widows and orphans when we turned it into a real thing it's actually uh in the book it's a pseudo charity in real yeah. life it, it's a charity that we that uh, so we have this all online you can buy one of these mugs you can buy a, a t-shirt stickers phone case whatever 100 percent of the profits go to support a local charity here in the state of michigan in the united states yeah. Uh, called Wish Upon a Teen. Wish wow. Upon a Teen is actually the charity that came in and supported my daughter while she was in the hospital. So it's my way of giving back to the charity. Um, um, Talk about life imitating art, man. You, man. What? No wonder you had to have your heart started six times. It, it takes, you had to have it grow just to house <laughs> all the goodness in you, man. Wow, that's, trying. Wow. Are you sure that you're not the reincarnation of Jesus? I mean, Pretty sure. Uh, some of the thoughts and things I said earlier this afternoon wouldn't have passed the Jesus test. Hey, so I'm of, I'm of the advocation of if God didn't want us to swear, he wouldn't have gave us mouths. Fair yeah. enough. Because uh, what well, I, I, I rediscovered my faith. Well, I'm, I'm okay. But I swear like a crack addict, man. Well, I'd, I'd go, well, if you listen to any of my previous, you'll know what I have no filter. But I don't believe that's the eh, that should be the precursor for not getting up there when you go. If you've done all the good stuff in your life and you clearly have, my friend, you're you don't even need to worry about doing the self-sacrifice to try and get the automatic entry. You're 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 cool. You're all right. Wouldn't matter to me if you said fuck a couple of times. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you gotta treat like gotta treat like a scale. Good outweighs the bad, and you're good as what well, you're you're good so high well, that most people would think it was wheat. You're that well, you're that you're that high quality caliber. Well done, man. But you're just yeah, we're trying. <sighs> so, but we we've we've uh, it's been kind of nice because some some of the uh, guests that we've had on the show have um, donated uh, signed photos, yeah. um, and we've put those up for auction. We sold those. We've taken all the profits from those, donated them to wish upon a teen uh, and basically anything I can do to put a couple bucks in wish upon a teens coffers. I'm all about it. Um, you know, cause here's the thing. Well, my daughter was in the re rehabilitation hospital. She was depressed. She hadn't smiled in the longest time. They snuck in and, and redid her and redecorated her room as much as uh, you can redecorate a hospital room. Okay. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. There's no amount of money I can pay for the smile that she had on her face. No, and she came not. back in. And to me, that means everything. The The fact that they did that, I mean, they they decorated this beautiful beach scene, uh, you know, with these cool little lights all over the room. And it, it was just really done well. And um, uh, Nancy Sovereign, the 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 um, chief executive officer of, of uh, 
wish upon a teen is just an absolutely beautiful human being. Mm. And I, I wish, um, and by the way, if, if anybody's listening and wants to donate to them, please go to wishuponateen.org. There is a link there uh, to donate via PayPal in the top right-hand corner of their website. Mm-hmm. And you'll also find the, the uh, link for the awesome Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund stuff. Um, but you can find that on there and you can, you can buy that stuff and that all goes to benefit them. And, but yeah, I, whatever I can do to help uh, support them and, and prop them up a little bit, I'm, I'm all about. So, Man, my heart is absolutely bursting with pride in you, man. Like you're such an amazing person. Oh, thank but you. That's like your kids could not have a better role model. What what if they tried? They could look at any. So. They could look at any religion. Can't find anybody as good as you. I'm hope. Well, you're. Well, that's how well you're doing, my friend. That is how well you're so. doing. Well, I hope so. Well, so we have definitely overshot the runway with time, but. I don't fucking care because well, see when you've got a guest that's I'm sh- having a great time. So yeah, see if you've got a guest that's as strong and what and what inspirational as you. Fuck it, let's just let's just let it run. This is the, this is you the. Know, I always say when I'm I'm having a great conversation with somebody, you know, and they're like, and I've had a, my guest stop at me and they're like, "Are you okay with time?" I'm like, "You can talk till the sun comes up. I'm doing great. Just go for it." Yeah, you know. I mean, after so. like, I mean, after like, um, uh, done with it. On the podcast, I'm normally like getting everything sorted and going to bed when my my head's buzzing with adrenaline anyway. But so that's eh, screw it. Why not? <laughs> uh, so but since what we've we've covered a lot of heavy stuff and we've covered a lot yeah. of it, and we've covered a lot of inspirational stuff, let's just cover some total geek stuff. Well, let's yeah. let's let's keep it. it right. Favorite Marvel character. The favorite Marvel uh, character. Andrew, yeah. get your alliteration right. <laughs> I heard you right. I'm just thinking because, and I say I have to think because it's it's pretty much a toss up between two. Right. Um, depending on on any given day, it's either Wolverine, mm-hmm. who has been my favorite since I was a kid, yeah, or Deadpool, uh, who Dude. has been one of my favorites since I was in my late teens, early twenties. Dude, marry me. Deadpool was my favorite, <laughs> and uh, the reason for I'll, that is I'll go Mormon. I'll have as many wives as I want. You be my wife. <laughs> but okay. The reason for that is is that um, they're both extremely sarcastic characters. Yes. And I am heavy with sarcasm. It's it's a secondary language to me. Oh um, yeah. And, and so some of the responses and things that they give are just absolutely brilliant, mm-hmm. and it's just just you know chef's kiss just. Can't yeah. get any better than on some of the stuff that they do. And so for me, it's always been those two. It, it has nothing to do with their powers. It has nothing to do with, um, you know, any of their abilities or, or things like that. It's been because of that. And then yeah. closely lined up right behind them for just, just because I think oh, I've always thought he's really cool is a character that I don't think gets enough, uh, enough screen time. And he got, he did have a, his own show for two seasons on Netflix and mm-hmm. that's Luke Cage. Yes. So, so I always thought Luke Cage was cool. So, and actually, uh, I got to yeah, we got to uh, interview uh, Ogie Banks. Ogie is the uh, the voice actor from uh, uh, Spider Man Unlimited, with yeah. where he was Power Man and Luke Cage. So we got to talk with him, and wow. I got to tell him about about my uh, my affinity for Luke Cage. And that was kind of cool oh, to hear him say "Sweet Christmas." So, oh, nice! I love Luke Cage as well. Everybody like they 
gave like the first season a bad rap and then said, oh, the second one was all right. But I thought it was brilliant. I, yeah, I thought, great show. I thought Mike Coulter was a was a brilliant casting choice. He done he done a tremendous Absolutely. job. Absolutely. Yeah. If they ever bring Luke Cage to the big screen, if they don't have him, they have failed. Yes. Honestly, they have failed. He's he's such an amazing cast mm-hmm. as that character. I it would be hard to see somebody else as Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I'm hoping to see anybody else as Danny Rand and Iron Fist. <laughs> and God, fair, I mean, and what fa- an awful casting. In fairness, there's only so much you can do with uh, with, with that type of material. What uh, we would just we just leave Danny Rand. We'll just keep uh, Colleen Wynn. We'll just make her the Iron Fist. Well, she she much more personality. But then again, like um, a block of wood had more personality sometimes than Danny Rand. But, that's a that's an idea. I have seen I have seen wet moldy mops with more personality than that than that <laughs> dude had. Yeah, my wife could probably vouch for that. She's cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, favorite DC character? Or are you strictly on the Marvel side? No, no, I'm I'm on. I I like DC as well. It's that's an easy one. It's it's Batman for me. Nice. Um, and again, it's the. It's the sarcasm, the dark and broody, the, and mainly though, I'm a, I'm a, a Batman fan because of Kevin Conroy, the voice acting of Kevin. Yes. Conroy. Do you, I mean, massive Batman nineties fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The animated series. There. Yes. We, we actually, we talked about that with Rob Paulson uh, yeah. in the Rob Paulson interview. Uh, we were talking about that because he's friends with Mark Hamill mm-hmm. and, you know, which took me a couple minutes to get past because I'm like, Mark Hamill. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we were talking about that. That there, you know, for a, a, a Batman fan, for the most part, especially if you're in the age range of about thirty to, to early forties. Yep. But it doesn't are. get any. It doesn't get any better than Kevin Conroy. No, he, I can't. I mean, I liked my Michael Keaton. I like Christian Bale. Um, you know, I, I like to forget that George Clooney ever put on the suit. So did um, George Clooney. He wants to forget that too. Yeah, Exactly. I actually liked Val Kilmer as Batman. I didn't think he did a bad job. I thought he was all right. Yeah. The only I'll problem the... was there wasn't, he was just constantly in Batman mode. Yeah. Well, but his Batman mode was good. Yeah. But he was also Batman as Bruce Wayne. It was, there wasn't hmm. a definition, a, a definite separation of character there. Hmm. I always say that he was serviceable. He was a serviceable Batman. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, it was still hard for me because I, I wanted to hear uh, there's the suit, but I wanted to hear Kevin Conroy's voice, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, they got so. they managed to get him live action uh, in the Arrowverse when they did the crisis on uh, was it Infinite Earths, I think it was. Yeah. But, and what they got finally got Kevin Conroy in live action Batman. So, yeah, at least, at, least he, at least he finally got his moment in the sun or in the cave. <laughs> Either way. Either way, yeah. Right. Either way. Right. Favorite Star Wars character? Han Solo. Nice. My son's, my, my, uh, so my oldest son's name is Parker. My middle son's name is Nolan. Nolan's middle name is Harrison. Nice. Harrison uh, Ford is my all time favorite actor. Um, I am a huge, huge Indiana Jones fan. I've loved just mm-hmm. about everything Harrison Ford has ever put, uh, put on film. And I guess it just about what um, Indiana Jones four. Actually, I don't mind it up until the ending. Mm. I, I, 
when it got all aliensy. Yeah, didn't even, really care for even Shia LaBeouf swinging with CGI monkeys. If you blink aggressively during that part, it's really not bad. <laughs> but I it could, just, just close yeah, your I eyes and picture someone one. else. Just close exactly. your eyes. Just close your eyes. It's, are we done yet? Okay, we're good. We can watch again. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, there are definitely things about about Indiana Jones four that are are, are troublesome to me. Looking the um, fridge. Yep. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. We talked about that in uh, one of our live shows. You know. Um, problems science uh finding the the problem in the science problems inside of sci-fi movies mm. and for me that was one of the issues two, two of the issues that i mentioned was, was number one hiding in the fridge during mm-hmm. a nuclear fallout he'd have been dead oh, um no, number two um was the ants that ate the man that's not how those ants actually do it it's just done for cinematic effect yeah so um but anyway, and I didn't even touch the Shia LaBeouf swinging from the vines with the monkeys things. I left that alone. I figured most people already knew that that was was a bunch of rubbish. Oh, yeah. So, so um, but no, actually, um, I don't mind that movie. I, I'll never watch Six Days, Seven Nights again. Mm. Um, watch that once. I don't feel the need to go play in traffic again. No, so. No. <laughs> but. Oh, man. I just love that analogy there. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Right, so we've covered, we've covered Marvel, we've covered DC, we've covered Star Wars. So we've got to go to Star Trek. Are you want now? You want me to break into subgenres with this with the shows, or are you? I'm or actually you not a huge Star Trek fan. I'm I'm actually not a huge Trek fan. Um, oh, oh, I, yeah. I I actually you have the red I... shirt, mug. <laughs> I know it's for the bro- I know it's for the best cause imaginable, but dude. No, so I, uh, I've actually worked pretty hard at at getting to know Star Trek a little more, mm. getting involved with a little more. Um, I actually enjoy, and most people that I know who are Trek fans find this to be sacrilegious, mm. but I actually like the J.J. Abrams versions of Star Trek. I like J.J. Trek, which is because it's probably closer to Star Wars mm. than Star Trek. I um, do. I do like it as well, and I am a Trek fan. I do like it. Uh, yeah. I think Into Darkness was what uh, there was always Wrath of Khan ripoffs, but I think Be- mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan was a good casting choice, even though he's not, he's mm-hmm. no Ricardo Monteblon. But that's well, who some, is exactly not even Ricardo Monteblon is Ricardo Monteblon anymore. But, exactly. Um, what? So there, obviously there were. Some issues, the lens flares were uh, like, see if I wanted to have an epileptic fat and go back to watch Raw again. Well, mm-hmm. it was, uh, and overall, good casting choices. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Carl, Carl Urban as McCoy was something I was not expecting, but was so happy that it happened. He's a brilliant choice as, He's, as Bones. He is fantastic. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, just awesome. Yeah. Actually, but, you know, I do, I do enjoy, uh, speaking of Ricardo Montalban, I actually, I, do enjoy Wrath of Khan. That's the one Star Trek movie I mm. owned before the JJ Trek came out. Yeah. I always enjoyed Wrath of Khan. I always thought that movie was actually, to me, was the standout of all the, the Star Trek movies. Mm. I liked two. I liked three. You know, Search for Spock. Mm. I had a I had a problem when uh, they started, you know, traveling through time for whales, and that, that's where they lost me. Mm. So, uh, and that's kind of where I dipped back out of the, of Star Trek again. Yeah. I can I can understand why it's still 
started for still a, a fun ride. It's definitely better than five. Never watch five. That was that was nicknamed the death of a franchise. Well, and yeah, it was. Uh, but, but we did, but we did interview Robin Curtis, who was uh, Lieutenant Savick from episode three. So, oh, oh nice. So oh. yeah, she's a she's a, talk about an absolute sweetheart. Holy cow, Robin mm. Curtis is amazing. Oh so. man, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Oh, it's... and uh, Jeremy Roberts, who was uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Valtain from uh, Six, the Undiscovered Country. Yeah. Oh so, man, we've been and we and so as long as we're talking track and, and I'm telling you, who, you know, I'm name dropping people we've interviewed. Oh, you may as well keep one. going. Please keep going. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the most recent one is we um, interviewed Armin Shimmerman, who was Quark in, in Deep Space Nine. So, also the principal in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Exactly. Principal oh, Snyder. Oh, I love Armin Shimmerman. Well, I think he's such he's such comedic foil. He's so good. Like his chemistry with Rene Oberjonas, may he rest in peace from Deep Space Nine, was yeah. just comic timing. Man, mm. such a great yeah. choice as a Ferengi as well. He just he just oozed that kind of what weird mm-hmm. charisma that you didn't you were like you really should hate this guy but you can't hate him <laughs> but, and you don't want to hate him and it was the same deal with Buffy you're like you're a prick but you're our prick and we like you right. Until you, and then you get eaten and that was the funniest way to die <laughs> absolutely love that man ah. yeah he's a it's a great interview we had such a great time with him um, yeah and yeah, just an inc- and I mean, here's the thing: a lot of people don't know about about Armin is that he's an exceedingly intelligent man. Mm. He is well schooled. He's a he's a, a Shakespeare, uh, Shakespearean, Shakespearean something. actor. Well, he's a Shakespearean actor, but he's also mm. when you, somebody goes to school for a long time and studies one topic, he's a, well, he's yeah. an expert basically in Shakespeare. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I can't remember the scholar. Yeah, scholar. That's the word I was looking for. Definitely. I knew it, I knew it would come up son, sooner or later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but he's a he's a Shakespeare with when a uh, Shakespearean scholar. Just yeah. Wow. That's what yeah. a lot of, that's what a lot of people seem to forget about Star Trek. They say, oh, it's just you know it's sci-fi. It's just like they are highly trained, skilled Shakespearean actors. What and they are oh, yeah. what and yeah, they didn't they didn't they didn't F around when it came to casting, man. When you look at some oh. of the what they're etched in folklore now it's brilliant yeah uh, uh, but see if you ever get robert picardo on he played the doctor in star trek voyager for the mm-hmm. love of god do anything you can to get me on even just to go hey <laughs> just just in any way i would just love i would just love to just have a sound bite of me just going please take the nature of the medical emergency and then just, nice. and just see his face go oh god they're here. Here we go again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so so you're not the biggest Star Trek fan, but did you like Galaxy Quest? Love Galaxy Quest. Have you I not loved Galaxy Quest? But well, I mean you can't, I don't think you can't like Galaxy Quest. It's yeah. just Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, well, the historical documents. Piece. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> A very clever deception. A very clever deception. Oh, yeah, that's a man. good show. Man, I could talk to you all night. This is brilliant. But probably yeah. majority of my listeners are probably going, oh, 
fuck, here we go. Well, we knew he was bad. We didn't realize he was this bad. Oh, this is me. This is me toning it down, my friends. <laughs> what? Oh man, what? I knew we would get on like a house on fire. What? And then what? We are. It's just it's what the house is burned down. We're in the second house now. We're in the third house. Well, let's just burn down the entire street. That's how there well we're getting on. Not that I encourage arson in the real world. No. Just in podcast yeah, no, world. That, that'd be bad. Yeah, definitely. Well, and we also spoke uh, off air just before we came on, but you're also a hockey fan? I am a very big hockey fan. Yes. Love the Detroit Red Wings. I'll watch any, just about any hockey unless it's the um, Colorado Avalanche or the Pittsburgh Penguins. They mm. suck. And may they uh, burn in hell. But other than that, they're great. Fairness. <laughs> Well, the only thing I like about that is the fact that it's penguin. I like penguins, not the not the Pittsburgh Penguins. I like the actual. No, no, no. I, I get what you're fucking. saying. I and I've tried to look past that and be like, oh hmm. yeah, but I hate you, so no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, no, just just replace your mascot and keep the penguins safe. Oh, but, uh, so yeah, but I, I love penguins. Well, I just think they're awesome. Yeah. But, but, so but, I've been a been a hockey fan for. For a long time, since I was a, a teenager, uh, got into hockey in the mid '90s when uh, uh, I started under understanding that what that little black thing racing across the sheet of white <laughs> ice was, and why people were slamming into each other on the ice. And I didn't understand mm. the, the pace of the game and what was going on. But mm. once you get an understanding for for what's going on on the ice, it becomes less chaotic looking, and it starts to make sense. And mm-hmm. you go, "Oh, okay. Well, these pe- this this is what this guy's trying to do, and that's what that guy's trying to do." And and you know, it's not just guys slamming into each other with sticks and sharp knives on their feet. You yeah. know, it's 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 there's something artistic about what they're doing mm-hmm. on the ice. You know, there's a level of artistry with what yeah. they're doing, and it becomes it becomes a very it, it's a physically elegant game. Yeah, when it's like gra- when it. it's graceful, it's graceful. When it gets ugly, it's brilliant. Oh yeah. Well, it's one it's one of the things that like everybody talks about, like you know the football hooligans over in like the UK and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. and yes, football hooligans. Well, in hockey, guys are blathering the crap out of each other, and it's such still such a fun, friendly family atmosphere. It was the oh it's, yeah. It's the most surreal experience in the world. You're like you're like, way these guys are knocking lumps at each other, way. You know, you know, the thing is, too, is that, uh, you know, on the ice, when guys get into these 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 fights, sometimes they do it because, well, they did really dislike the other guy and they, mm. they, they want to pound him into the ice. Yeah. But sometimes it's because that's what they feel their job is to do is to help lift the spirits of the team. You know, I'm going to protect my player. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to lift the spirits by getting into a fight and. And, do, and so that's like, hey, you want to go? Yeah, let's go. And, and yeah. it's not even they're not fighting for a reason other than just to to try and spruce their team up, try and, pick, you know, give them some pep. Yeah. Well, unless you were a part of the trashers. Right. I remember I just recently watched that documentary on Netflix and I was like, holy hell, that was some. That was basically them just taking like the wrestling and hockey, just going, right, let's just put these two together. Well, and it was just even some of the well, stuff that I was watching. I'm like, these guys would do well in Glasgow. I think they, would, I think, I think they would survive in our league, but only just. <laughs> but yeah, oh man, I've just been loving nerding out with you. Well, and I'll ask uh, another nerd question before we move on to the final question of the show. Uh, okay. Do you like Red Dwarf? 
Uh, not really. I'm not, but I only say that because I've never really watched a ton of it. I haven't had enough to, to mm. form a, a true opinion. Um, other than just the, the majority of my frame of context for that show is based off the memes that are thrust into our group. Mm. And so that's probably not a fair uh, place to make a decision from. So I can't say yes, I can't say no, but I will mm. just say at this point, not really, and only because I haven't watched enough yeah. of it to, to I say. Would, I would advise check it out, because it is, it is good. I mean, the t-shirt I'm wearing is, is a Red Dwarf kind of parody, but you won't get it. Okay. So You won't get it, so I can't show it. But I really should have worn my other t-shirt. It's one, it's a red shirt that's uh, already like dead in the ground, and there's a stormtrooper with a fired gun. And it says, yeah. Stormtrooper says, I missed. The red shirt says, I died anyway. Exactly. Well, and yeah. it, every time I wear that shirt, someone goes, yeah. Exactly. They get it. Even if they don't even watch Star Wars or Star Trek, they're still like, oh, yeah. I understood that reference. No, it's such a part of pop culture now that everybody gets it. Yeah, definitely. Pop culture addicts. Anyway, mm. so. Uh... <laughs> nice, pl- nice plug, my friend. Nice plug. I try. I try. Well, before we do get into the final, right? Uh, something I always do for uh, well, I've been doing for the guests recently is I'm letting them punt everything that they have to our audience. So I let you go over the floor is yours, Tim. Sell, baby, sell. All right. So, um, if you like stories of everyday people overcoming life obstacles and challenges and issues, please check out Focused on Forward. It's available on every uh, major podcast destination. Wherever you get your podcast from, you'll find Focused on Forward. If you'd like to talk with us, uh, please feel free to check us out on Twitter at Podcast FOF. There's also an Instagram page that I don't use very often. There's a Facebook page that I don't use very often. The best place to get a hold of me, if you want to talk to me, is on Twitter at Podcast FOF. The same applies for Funny Sci-Fi. Funny Science Fiction is available. Uh, Audio is everywhere. We have a YouTube channel, so all all these interviews are on video. So you can watch them all. You can watch uh, your favorite stars of, of, you know, all these different shows and things that we've, we've had an opportunity to, all these people that we've had an opportunity to talk to. You can see it on video and you can also listen to it as well. Uh, again, give us a follow on Twitter at funny sci-fi is the handle. And uh, that's honestly the best place to check that out. And then uh, my newest show that uh, we're only, Let's see, Monday will be episode 11. We're only 11 episodes deep on this one. It's called Pop Culture Addicts uh, because I had people that I wanted to talk to that I couldn't find a way to kind of like pigeonhole and wedge into the funny sci-fi. Mm. Um, and so it's there's many things about Pop Culture Addicts that are very similar to funny science fiction. Um, but it is, it is a different show. And uh, we're 11 shows deep into that. And that show, we talk to people who... Uh, all around the pop culture world, we've I've had an opportunity to talk to Stephen Perkins, the drummer from Jane's Addiction, which I'm a huge Jane's Addiction fan. Um, our very first episode out the gate was with Carol Baskin from Tiger King, um, and we've we've had an opportunity. Our, our newest episode right now, the one that's out right now, is with um, the bass player named Leland Sklar, who even if you haven't heard of Leland Sklar you've heard Leland Sklar he was Phil Collins touring and session bass player for years so if you hear like in the air tonight or Susudio that's Leland Sklar on bass um and it's he's amazing guy with some really cool really really cool stories about life 
uh, and being on the road and, and, you know, some of the concerts with Phil and, uh, he was also with Toto and James Taylor and the section during the seventies and, and yeah, just really cool dude. Um, but we've got some, we've got some really neat interviews coming up on, uh, pop culture addicts and, um, yeah, it's, it's a good time. And so that one is at PCA pod show on Twitter, uh, at PCA pod show. And, uh, you can check us out there We're we're still growing. Uh, that one is also a video, uh, podcast. So, uh, all these interviews are on video and then you can check them out on, on your audio podcast providers as well. Everybody listening to my show on audio, when he mentions some of these things, my jaw hit the floor, bounced back up and then hit the floor again. <laughs> I've had a, I've had a, 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 a good run here, a little bit of luck with mm. some of the folks that we've been able to talk to on the show. Yeah, I think um, considering everything that you've went through up to this point, what every bit of luck and every bit of good grace that comes your way is more than time served. You definitely oh, thank deserve you. it. So, thank you. So you probably already answered this question while we were talking, but I'll ask it again because I ask all my guests this question to round off. If you could give one person, one piece of advice, and they were struggling with mental health issues at this precise moment in time, what would that piece of advice be and why? Don't hesitate. Go talk to somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't care if it's your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your best friend, twice removed. It doesn't matter. Um, the, the biggest thing when it comes to mental health is, is addressing it. Mm-hmm. Because especially uh, for any of the men that are listening, a lot of us men are taught that, that we can just handle it. You know, um, you know, we're, we're taught to not show emotion. We're taught to, you know, keep these things bottled up and, and keeping those things bottled up is the single most unhealthy thing that you can do for yourself mentally and emotionally, because you're not taking care of yourself. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of the ones that you love who are around you. So my constant plea to anybody, whenever I talk about mental health is I don't care who you talk to. I prefer that it's a counselor, but to get yourself started down the, down the chain or the the stream or whatever you want to call it of positive mental health, go talk to somebody, anybody, please. Brilliant advice. All right. Once again, simplest explanation. It's the correct one. So now we come to Minnesota's favorite segment. It is Ask Andrew Anything. Now for all our listeners, after me grilling the guests for, let's just say, a very long time for this one, this is going to be another feature-length episode, the guest now gets to turn the tables on me and he can ask me anything. It could be something as mundane as what's your favorite color, something as wacky as who won the fight between uh, artificially intelligence lamp and a broken vase. So, Tim, do you have a question for this mental ginger? I'll be honest with you. I forgot I was supposed to do this at the end. And I could have been thinking about one. The whole I've been really enjoying our conversation, and this has been the farthest thing from my mind. I was going to say, I All was right. going to take it as a compliment. So I'm quite glad that it was phrased as a compliment. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was definitely a compliment. Um, no, you, you've been, this has been a, a very enjoyable 
honestly enjoyable conversation. Yeah, Tim, I've had um, an absolute blast, man. I've had a blast. It's been so much fun. Well, and we've, but we've, I, I, I do have a question for you, though, now that I've thought about this. Right, All right. Go. So here it goes. So one of my guests um, goes by the stage name of Angus McGog. He's a uh, he does. Um, uh, oh, goodness. Ren fairs. And hmm. uh, he he's he was in the uh, the band uh, Pictus, yeah. and and so not was in the band. He is in the band Pictus. Hmm. He's one of the drummers. Uh, so there's two drummers and a bagpiper. Um, it's pretty cool music actually. And I've never thought I would be one to listen to bagpipe music, but all of a sudden I'm going, well, this is pretty cool. Anyway, one of my best friends is a bagpiper, and he's absolutely amazing. He knows who he is, James McKenna. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> fire away. Yeah, there's. I found out there's a difference between bad bagpiping and good bagpiping, and there's a noticeable difference. There really anyway, is. Anyway, so I built you. I built you a clock to tell you the time. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he talked in there about how because he speaks when he's when he's in character, he has a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. And now we talked about the difference between his Scottish accent and the accent of say Mike Myers when he does Shrek, or if you ever watch the movie. So I married an axe murderer mm. or, um, or Austin Powers. Exactly. Or mm. Austin Powers and with, you know, fat bastard and, and all that. Mm. So here's the question for you. Right. Do, did you ever take offense to those versions of characters or did you see them as caricatures? I did not take offense to them. My, I actually was quite, quite proud. Well, ever so slightly until I realized that, Mike Myers is Austin Powers Scottish accent was the same as his Wayne's World 2 the Leprechaun accent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, Leprechaun, Irish, Scottish, not that. That yeah. was it. That was the only it's... time that was the only time I had a slight problem with it was I was like, there's two different accents there, you dick. Well, and clearly you know this because you are a talented actor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, so it's, it's the same. It's the same accent that he's used from uh, "So I Married an Axe Murderer" mm-hmm. and Shrek, and uh, yeah. he used it on Saturday Night Live and, oh, and a yeah. couple other things. Yeah, it doesn't. But uh, uh, well, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Not, I mean, not at all. But uh, it's, sometimes I find these things quite funny because uh, there was a survey that was done a couple of years ago, and they surveyed some uh, what well, some people in America. I'm not sure which people, but they interviewed people in America about what they associated um, what, you know, Scots to be like. And they basically said they thought we were groundskeeper Willie for The Simpsons. <laughs> yep, they did not, they didn't, they didn't think that we had internet, they thought that we barely had running water, uh, they thought we all wore kilts and we're all ginger and we all were like, we all hated everybody, well, where it's not true, we only hate the English. <laughs> only Fair can. enough. Only can. Everybody hates the English. <laughs> one of my one of my buddies, his family is of Scottish descent, and so I'm Irish, and we we pick on each other back and forth. Yeah. And whenever uh, I seem to have gotten the higher ground on things, he'll look at me and say, "Don't give me that just because your people figured out how to swim and leave our <laughs> island." <laughs> oh, we, oh, that's fantastic. That's absolutely right. So. But now, anytime I see like somebody doing a like a Scottish accent that's that's not Scottish, I more just want to try and figure out where they where they picked it up from. 
specifically. Right. But because it's the same like an American accent. What uh, you all, we all like in Scotland like have if we do impressions of American accents, it's a very kind of the generic American accent. A lot of them don't mm-hmm. realize there's like a difference between a Texan accent and a New York accent. What, or like a Michigan accent, what, and like yeah. a, like a Florida accent. What, so what, it's those little things. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I try and pick out if they were maybe living in, uh, picked up from something Glasgow or something from like Edinburgh or Fife because there's there's the different inflections and different tones. Sure. So, so I just more find it fascinating. What, and then if I hear somebody that's got a really really good Scottish accent, you can't help but applaud them. What, um, like to relate to sci-fi again, a uh, big Stargate fan. Mm-hmm. But in Stargate Atlantis, they had uh, Carson Beckett, who is, yeah. Cana- who is Canadian, who played the Scot, and everybody in Scotland thought he was Scottish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, okay. to, to one point, we actually did, uh, it was uh, one of the conventions, when he was talking about a time that he came over to Scotland, and he was just talking away to the crowd, talking away to the crowd, and they were doing a bit of an interview, and he looked at some of the uh, guys in the crowd and he could just see some of them muttering where's this fucking accent mate <laughs> but so yeah what Scot- Scottish I is three what- for that one yeah what so Scottish is quite uh, a harder accent to muster what, and as I always say to people the Brigadoon of us like the high- like the Highland Celts and what, uh, is mm-hmm. ne- what is Nessie real what uh, do the Haggis really live in the Highlands and have three legs what all that kind of stuff like it sells. Well, so Brigadoon sells. We we don't care. What and what we're we're perfectly fine. The funniest one that I ever had was when I went to Las Vegas with my family. Me and my brother were getting uh, this taxi, getting a taxi, and well, the guy asked us where we were from. We're like, uh, out of Scotland. But, um, just stay outside of Glasgow. It's like, oh man, Glasgow. You know, I heard that's a really really violent city, full of full of full of violence and fighting. What. And this was a this was a, a, a African American man who was what had very very big muscles, and we thought that we were going to die, so we just <laughs> so we just instantly yeah, went. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. So we just instantly went too fucking right, mate. I've oh, been in many a fight, my type, but I've had my ass kicked more times than I can count. <laughs> but we were we were like we don't want to die because we'd had another experience with another cabbie. Uh, in Vegas and he was Texan and he was going around saying in the cab with us yeah we're going to bomb everybody from the Mormons to the Muslims what well, and we're oh, like yeah yeah we were like you don't have a chance to carry a gun do you yeah every cabbie carries a gun so let's out here we had no exactly. clue we had no clue where we were we just wanted out yeah yeah most Americans are afraid of Texas so let's be honest uh, <laughs> I actually interviewed the guy from uh from Texas and he was he was an absolute delight i have to say he was he was such a lovely oh guy. yeah you can't you can't judge them all on based on the the most outspoken of them but yeah. you know uh we make the joke in in the united states i don't know if it's it's a worldwide thing but you know we have florida man the florida mm-hmm. man is the one who does all the stupid things and and then there's texas man uh who does the, the even stupider things um <laughs> and that's usually gun related so you know yeah uh, I was actually in Florida on my honeymoon when that uh, when the shooting happened in the uh, the gay nightclub. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was actually in, in Florida. Orlando. Yeah, yeah, I was on I was on a honeymoon there. Well, and oh wow! So, well, at first my wife was like, right before we fit, uh, we found out it was like uh, it was a gay nightclub that was 
that it happened. My wife was like, should we message your mum and dad letting know we're fine? I was like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And then when we heard it was that, I said, well, well, we can leave it because I don't think the mum and dad will expect me and my my new wife to be at an Orlando gay bar on our honeymoon. Right. But when right. we got when we got back, well, uh, phone, obviously jet lagged and phoning people, letting them know we're safe and phoned my older brother. And he went, Andrew, thank God, I heard about the gay shooting. Glad to hear you're okay. Head hit hands. I was like, that was a brilliant conversation. Bye, Daniel. <laughs> I love my brother to death, but he's had a bet on me being gay since I was eight. So, <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. He's still holding on to that bet. He thinks uh, my wife and two kids are just, just my beard. Just for show. Yeah. Yeah. Just for show. But, uh, yeah. Nothing to do with the fact that, you know, what? Well, no, I had two kids what, that looked just like me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was a kind of a roundabout answer and a little a couple of examples in between. But yeah, it just shows how That's comfortable okay. just shows how comfortable I am around you, Tim. Well, it just shows how well this connection this connection has been really strong. I felt it one with the force with you. Absolutely. And wish you nothing but success with your podcast. Trust me that likewise. Now I know they're on YouTube. Well, I will be subscribing and I will be listening to I'll be binging them in my work what, to get me through the day. I'm so looking forward to what seeing these what listen to them. What, and, and hey, like I said, you're up to six followers now. So you're you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Who I'm knows? Number six. I might make double digits one day. I'm aiming for double digits. I'm gonna share this with my with my uh with my podcast host from from PCA. They will absolutely love this show. So oh, there's man. two more. So you'll be up. I mean, you're up to eight by the end of this show. So you're doing great. If I can get to double digits by 2023, I'll think I've made it. I might. You'll be the, I, you're the big time. Yeah. If I get to double digits, I'll make this well, known to my followers. If I get to double digits of followers, I will stop saying my faithful followers. So there's the challenge. Ah. If you don't like that intro, there's your gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, buddy. Uh, Likewise. Wishing you nothing but success. You're already getting a lot of success, but I just want you to have more because you've earned it. You've more than earned it. Oh, thank you very much. So until next time, my six faithful followers. It's going to take some while to get used to that. I have been Andrew Durning. This has been literally what the, if any aliens are listening, this is the source for our last hope of humanity. Tim Bicegal. <laughs> so if you're going to abduct anybody make sure you get him he's the good one what, 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 take him to Mars and he can recolonize Mars and give us a fighting chance so until next time take care stay safe bye bye bye